So what I want us to do now is just get into the meat of, of the, uh, the series. This is a, today we're going to be on the second part of a, a seven-part series. I know it's a little longer than we normally go, but uh, I'm just excited about <clears throat> dealing with this subject. Now, I'm going to warn you that this is the, uh, some, uh, you know, sometimes there's some, some stuff that's like uh, some subjects that are more like dessert. You know, you just want to get in the middle of that. Everybody enjoys it. And, and they're good. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with dessert. And then there's some subjects that are just meat and potato stuff. And uh, most everybody, want, you know, have a meal, you want some meat and potato. And then there's some subjects that's more like the broccoli. That it ought to be on your plate. And you probably ought to eat it. But we would just kind of rather prefer to kind of maybe go a different direction. This is a broccoli series. And so I'm going to attempt to put as much cheese sauce on this as I can. We're going to have some ranch dressing up here. We're going to do whatever we can to help get this down. But this is stuff as a pastor. I love you too much to avoid these subjects, okay? So we have to get into it. Now, this is the rubber meets the road stuff. This is where the, the, the whole song of changing me from the inside out, this series is about that. That doesn't happen if we don't understand what we're going to be talking about in this soul series and embrace what God and the Holy Spirit want to do in our life. Last week was an introduction. It's <clears throat> be available online. If you missed it, I suggest you get it. Um, but you're not going to be lost today if you missed out last week. So let's just go ahead and just get cranking on this big old plate of broccoli, hopefully with some cheese sauce. That's the only way I can eat it. All right. Well, this is the concept. We always have a launching concept, and this is the concept I want us to walk away with. And it's God is desiring to grow us from the inside out. And this growth is in the area of our mind, our will, and our emotions, also known as our soul now there are a lot of people who throw this idea that you know that you need to walk the aisle and pray the prayer and it'll save your soul and to confuse the whole idea of spirit and soul and people can kind of try to use those terms interchangeably and they're not so much interchangeable we talked about last week how our our soul is more who we are it's our personality that when I, I fell in love with my wife, I may have been attracted to her externally. But when I fell in love with her, I fell in love with her soul, who she is. Whenever <clears throat> there begins to get tension, sometimes you, you meet somebody in one, thing, one way and you come a, up to them another way 10 years from now. And they maybe still look a lot the same on the outside, but just who they are has totally changed. What has changed is their soul. Sometimes... It's for the good, and sometimes it's for the bad. We, uh, when we were traveling back in 2008, we got to reconnect with a lot of people that got just kind of, God just moved them around. They used to be here, and, and we had had close relationships with them, and just through the years, God just doing different things in different people's lives. They just got moved around, and, and that was one of the joys of being able to go to lots of different cities and ring somebody's phone and get to spend some time with them and hadn't seen them in years and years and years. And there was this one uh, young lady that I'd known years ago. And uh, she was raised in a good home and, and, and loved God. But she was just had some 
some, just going to be honest, she just had some major attitude issues, big-time attitude issues. And you was not a person that you would call sweet, okay? There are some people that you would just immediately go, oh, they're a sweet individual. And other people are like, yeah, well, God loves them. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. And uh, anyways, this person was just a person that you would not call you wouldn't call her sweet back then. No, not. They just, you just wouldn't. And uh, so while we were traveling around, we'd already got to hook up with some old friends. And most people had grown a little bit, but they weren't. They were pretty much still the same. Their, their souls had progressed and, and their bodies had aged, um, but they weren't like a totally different person. And we got to meet with this uh, person and, and her husband and... Hadn't, hadn't spent any quality time with them in like eight plus years. And we're just in awe of what God and the Holy Spirit had done in this person's life. I mean, their soul transformation was just absolutely incredible. There was no, it wasn't fake. It wasn't phony. They weren't putting on this sweetness. They're still as real and genuine and as upfront as they ever were. And God had just so transformed her. And she was a, a sweet lo- person. I mean, it was just the love of God had just so changed her. And, I, and we didn't get to spend enough time. And I, and I couldn't, I, I didn't feel comfortable going, oh my gosh, you're sweet now. Please tell me the story of how you became so sweet. Because you weren't sweet. And so I, I never got to, to do that. And I never got to find out what all transpired. But at some place, the, the, she allowed the Spirit of God to deal with some serious soul issues. Her mind, her thoughts, her will, what she desired and purposed, her emotions, what she allowed them to do and to guide her, and some transformation stuff. It is that kind of thing. I tell you what, I want to be the kind of person that says, God, change my soul. Save my soul. My spirit is saved right now. I am heaven ready at this moment. You know what? There was a lot of scuttlebutt and concern yesterday. You know, there's all the talk about, you know, maybe the world was going to end yesterday. Do you see that? You know, you know, that was all over the place. You can hardly hide from it. If you turned on any kind of media. And, uh, you know, some of my, one of my, uh, my little Lulu, she was a little concerned. Daddy, this is freaking me out. They're saying the world's going to end. It's freaking me out, Dad. And I'm like, sweetheart, it's okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not. And if it does, we're all going to be in heaven together and it's going to be cool. And uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to be all right either way. And, uh, but we were, and we were cool with it because our spirits, when you're alive in Christ, your spirit is heaven ready. Heaven ready right then. You are saved, transformed forever right then. But our souls, they got some work to do. And that's where we have to understand. Because as we read through these passages of Scripture, if we're not careful, we'll read stuff that has to do with the transformation or the salvation of the soul and think that, oh my gosh, I'm not saved. I've got to work to get saved. No, no, no. That's why we laid the foundation of the Freedom Series a couple of series ago. So we get that, boom, it's done. This is a Jesus thing. It's a faith and grace thing alone. We're heaven ready. Now we're going to become Christ-like 
while we're still here and be become more ready for heaven in our souls and uh, while we're here. And that is why, what this part is all about. Our key scripture we're looking at is 3 John 1, 2. It says, Beloved, in regard to all things, I pray that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. These things are tethered together. If you're going to prosper overall and be in health overall, your soul's going to have to go through some transformation. You're going to have to have a different soul than you have now. You're going to have to have a different mind, think differently. You're going to have to have a different will. You're going to have to choose and desire some different things. And your emotions can't be in the driver's seat. Emotions are fine. God has emotions. God gave us emotions. But my goodness, they are never to be in the driver's seat. They're never to be the one behind the wheel. And so this is an important, important life process. As we mature and get ready for different phases of our life, there is this, uh, this place where you need to be soul mature. You need to have your soul so you can prosper and be in health in every area as your soul prospers. And uh, my, my son, Keenan, is not in here, so I can pick on him. And uh, anyways, but uh, we were uh, gone to a, a beautiful wedding yesterday. And I uh, went to a, a lovely wedding. It was just, uh, uh, it was, it was just fit that family so perfectly. It, w- it was just a, a great, great uh, ceremony. Some beautiful pieces that were in it. And uh, great, created some great talking points as a father. And uh, so we were, had some kind of debrief after the wedding uh, a few hours later, and we're bringing up some of these talking points and some of these things. And Keenan's like, I knew you were going to mention that, Dad. And, uh, and so we were able to have some great, uh, some great conversations. And so this whole, this whole wedding thing was just talked about, and, you know, and people planning their weddings and what kind of wedding they wanted to have and all this stuff. And so it was just kind of the talk of the evening. And then, of course, the whole getting along, this whole husband-wife thing. Well, we, Cutie and I kind of had our own conversation. We're driving along in the Suburban trying to go home and uh, kind of ignoring the backseat conversation until Brooklyn just about flips. And she is about to go all Brooklyn on her brother. And she is just yelling at him. That's just wrong. You're just wrong. And I'm like, well, what's the problem? And uh, Keenan revealed he needed a little soul transformation. And uh, he was kid. He was really kidding. He was honestly just teasing his sister. But he was saying something about the fact that, it, that uh, the, the woman ought to, you know, be, you know, make sandwiches for the husband. You know, that he, she ought to just be, she ought to just make him a sandwich and just bring him a sandwich. And uh, that, that ought to be, a husband should never have to make a, his own sandwich. And uh, man, Brooklyn got. Ooh. And, uh, and so she was just mad. She's like, what are you talking about? She goes, you know, mom doesn't make dad sandwiches. And she's a good wife. And he's like, well. And, uh, and he, he pops off. And he said, well, it's not that all women have to make sandwiches. They just should. <laughs> but we live in a fallen world. <laughs> and I'm just cracking up. Well, thankfully, marriage is a few years out for him, and he's got some room for some soul transformation so that he can prosper and be in health in that area. Because if he marries anybody even remotely like his mama, 
Um, he don't want his wife making him a sandwich. Better have uh, not by force. And so this is what this is, is, is if we're going to progress in life, if we're going to be ready for the next step in Christian maturity, we've got to have some soul transformation. We've got to get our mind, our will, and our emotions in check. But we're going to go ahead and we, wanna, we just want to, here early in the series, we want to go back over some scriptures and again lay the foundations of, of, <clears throat> of some of this, the fact that this isn't about eternity we're talking about. This is about the, allowing the, the process that God does in our lives. Because see our spirits are reborn. And brought from death to life. At the moment of faith in Christ. We are brought from death to life at the moment of faith. We are heaven ready. That's why Jesus could tell the guy on the cross. Today you will be with me in paradise. He went through no soul transformation period. He didn't go through. He didn't do anything. He didn't tie the dollar. He didn't do anything. Didn't witness. Didn't do anything. But place his faith in Christ. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he says you will be with me in paradise today. He was heaven ready at that moment. Okay. We see here in Acts chapter 16. It says, he then brought them out and asked, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they replied, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. You and your whole household. Believe and you'll be saved. Place your faith and you will be saved. You're in that boom process. It's like the whole concept of, of the, our, our new life in Christ is like a regular living life. Life begins at conception. There it is. It exists. There's life. Life begins there at conception. But what happens after conception? There is this growth and maturity process. And begins and it lasts until it's ready for full birth. And then there's more growth and maturity until it's finally ready to be self-sustaining. Become a life-giving unit of its own. But that life begins at conception. That is the way it is with spiritually. When we embrace the... <clears throat> The word of God, it becomes life and we allow it to germinate and do what that seed is supposed to do. The life is there. We are alive in Christ at that moment. Ephesians 2, 4 and 5 says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Colossians 2 says, <clears throat> When you were dead in your sins and uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us all our sins, having canceled the written code with its regulations that was against us and that stood opposed to us, and he took it away, nailing it to the cross. We're going to read the message translation. It's not in your bulletins. It's up on the screen. It says, but when you were stuck in your old sin-dead life, you were incapable of responding to God. God brought you alive right along with Christ. Think of it. All sins forgiven. The slate wiped clean. The old arrest warrant canceled and nailed to Christ's cross. Isn't that so good? That is so good. This whole soul savior thing we're talking about. This is not talking about us getting saved and being right with God. As in, as in trying to be a child of his. We are a child of his by faith. That point of conception, we are his kid right then, okay? What we're talking about 
is our souls being renewed. And our souls begin the renewing process. Their, its process of going from death to life. As we allow God to transform our minds, our wills, and our emotions. Because see, we still need our Savior. We still need our Savior. We weren't just in need of a Savior prior to our place of faith. We needed him then. We embraced him. But we still need. Just like for that conception to come along, there needed to be a father. But guess what? Once that comes up, we still need a father. We still need parents. We still need a mother. We still need nurturing and caring for the growth process to carry on in our lives. We still need the nurturing. We're still in need of a savior. Now, we're, we're spirit, soul, and body, okay? And so we are, we're looking at, you know, that the spirit is immediately made alive in Christ, okay? We understand scripturally that when the second coming of Christ comes, this whole thing that did not happen yesterday, um, that, <laughs> that uh, but will take place, um, when that takes place, then we will get a new glorified body, okay? It will, ha- it will go from death to life. We know that these bodies are decaying even now. We are progressing in the death cycle. Okay? We are maturing through our lifetimes. Okay? That is where these bodies are going. Okay? But in Christ, we will get a new glorified body. That, a body that is heaven ready. Okay? That will take place then. Spirit over here at faith. But we'll take place in them. We can't do anything in this body right now. We're just living in it with our souls. Our souls are inhabiting it. And so what we're talking about is that transformative, restorative process of the soul that we're to participate in right now. Now, let's, we're going to actually take the, the body and to help us to kind of understand this, okay? That uh, there are times uh, Joey or any other uh, person who works in the medical field can understand that somebody can undergo... Um, like a severe head injury, head trauma, something, um, actually die. They can resuscitate the body. And at times there are neurological damages where they actually have to relearn things they already knew. They have to relearn life processes, relearn how to put their shoes and socks on, relearn how to eat, relearn how to do things, okay? Because they, had, they were dead, now they were brought back alive. They're alive, but then there's this relearning process, okay? Spiritually, that's where we were. We were dead in our trespasses. We are alive in Christ, and our souls are going through a relearning process. How to live with this life that we now have. That is what you and I are doing. And we're, we look at this here in Matthew chapter 16. And uh, Peter, Jesus had just said he's going to go to Jerusalem and he's going to die, okay? Peter is already, he gets upset, and he gets ticked off and says, no, God, no, 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 Jesus, no, Lord, this isn't happening. And Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan, okay? I've never called anybody Satan, okay? Obviously, I'm just not Christ-like enough because Jesus did it. <laughs> and so, and uh, I've never called anybody Satan, but Jesus did. I mean, harsh words. Get behind me, Satan. Because he, he is attacking God's perfect will and plan for what Jesus was going to do. He says, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. And here we go. 
We're going to look and see that his soul's jacked up. For you do not have in mind, remember your mind, will, and emotions, your mind the things of God, but the things of man. You're not thinking like heaven thinks. And therefore, you're opposing heaven's plans. You're being like Satan. Because your mind is in the wrong place. It says, then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you, you would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to <clears throat> save his life, suke, which we learned last week, that's the word for soul. That's the word for soul. It's the exact same word. And they translated it here, life, but it could just as easily translated soul. We'll lose it. But whoever wants, loses his life, suke again, for me will find it. What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world, yet forfeits his soul, suke again? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in the Father's glory with his angels, and he will reward each person according to what he has done. This reward process is tied into with our soul. With what we allow God to do in our soul. We have to see it. And Jesus lays it out right there. If we want to save and preserve our, the way we've been, the way we've thought, the way we've chosen, the goals we've set, the, the emotions we, <clears throat> we allow to reign in our lives. If we want to preserve that, we're actually going to continue in the degrading process that an unregenerated, an unrenewed soul is going through. We will go in the wrong place. You're not going to stay the same. You're going to become more and more unchristlike in the area of your soul if you try to not let God in on that area. But if you're willing to say, Wah, I'll let you in in this area. I'm going to let you mess with the way I think, God. I'm going to let you mess with the things I desire, God. I'm going to let you mess with the emotions in my life, God then guess what? He's actually going to bring life in that area. He's actually going to transform that. But if we try to hang on to it, then we, it will actually, it will get, that area will get destroyed. And to the place where we can actually lose our soul. That's not our salvation. That is losing who God created us to be. We become somebody God never meant us to be. We become somebody. And we, we've, we've, we've seen it before. We've seen it in, in, in marriages where people get married. And they look up 20, 30 years from now and they finally go, I don't even know who you are. I don't even know who you are. What happened? Their souls had degenerated into somebody they never should have been to begin with. That's not who God made them to be. The beautiful thing of this soul salvation is God renewing and us becoming more and more of who God meant us to be. Those beautiful things, those little glimpses of God that we see in every person's soul because we're all made in the image of God. We're needing to, we're, we, they always get harvested and revealed more and more. That's why when I was a college <clears throat> pastor, I would say you need to be careful, young person, when you're in this whole dating thing. Why? Because you get close enough to anybody. Anybody. And you're going to see the glimpses of God in that person. 
and see this incredible potential. They'll act like an idiot here and there, and you'll see this. And you're like, oh, I just love that. If they could just be more of that, they're going to be this wonderful, wonderful person. But yet they're not making life choices to allow God to reveal more of that. But then they hold on to that and they fall in love with that and say, I just hope they do this. But they're not making this process. And then they give their heart to somebody that isn't on the process of becoming more and more and more of that. It's actually diminishing before their eyes. That beauty is actually diminishing if they're not allowing it. That's why I say you, as a young person, you choose to <clears throat> your boundaries. You look for somebody who says, God, transform my soul. God, transform my soul. Look for that kind of person in a, in, a, in a mate. Look for that kind of person in a best friend. Look for that kind of person. Why? Because they're the people who are going to become more and more and more of what God meant for them to be all along. Otherwise, we're just we're, we're chasing after Something that is in diminishing instead of coming into more and more glory. Matthew uh, 26, 38 says, Then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Keep watch with me. He's, Jesus is talking to his disciples. Jesus is battling. He is battling in his soul. Here he is. He's the point of the, the whole death process. He's about Judas is about to, uh, to betray him. He's about to be put into the hands of the people that want his life. He is in anguish in his soul, even to the point of death. And here in Luke 22, he withdraws about a stone's throw beyond them. And he knelt down and prayed and said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. And an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed the more earnestly. And his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. Jesus was there at that moment. That was his, not my will, but yours be done. He was in anguish in his soul. He was keeping, bringing his soul into submission of what God wanted. And in that moment... He shed blood. He shed blood in, in handling his soul. I really believe we know it's the blood of Christ that brings redemption. I really do believe that in that moment, he bought for us that place where we can have a victory over our souls, a victory in our willpower. We can have our soul savior right there. And that needs to be our heart cry that we need that. I need you to hold on to me. 
to be brought from death to life. Jesus sweat drops of blood while choosing the Father's will over his own. And he is the Savior of our souls. I want to, uh, to just go ahead and close here with Philippians 2. You've got some other scriptures. I challenge you to go ahead and read them. But here in Philippians 2, it says, Therefore, my dear friends, have you as always obeyed, not only in my presence, but also much more in my absence, Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good pleasure. Now, this fear and trembling is just with, with purpose, with respect, with awe, with an understanding that this is important, that this is, this is part of the process that God wants to do in our lives. But I love verse 13, for it is God who works in us to will and to do according to his good pleasure. There is this restorative process. He is changing us. And we have to every day say, God, carry this on. Keep saving me. But it's him. It's him 
who doesn't. See, Christian maturity is about the life of God in us, showing the life of God through us. And this happens as the choices that come from our mind, our will, and our emotions are led by the Holy Spirit. Let's let Him continue to be the Savior of our souls. I'd appreciate if everyone would just bow your heads.